0: The following is a hoop bowl presentation. Hello, and welcome back to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks team coverage podcast, formerly known as Hoop Ball Hawks. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I'm your host, Brad Harden, recording live from Atlanta, Georgia. I apologize for the delay. I've been under the weather the last couple of days, but I am well enough to give you this quick episode before your Hawks take the court again tonight against the, which is crazy to say, and I don't want to mess this up, but I think they're first in the Western Conference right now, the Utah Jazz, and they are first in the Western Conference at 9-3, and, three. and Looking at the schedule before the year started, when you see the Hawks have to take on the Milwaukee Bucks, then the Utah Jazz, who would have thought in those two games, the Hawks would be playing the number one teams in the respective conferences in the NBA on back-to-back games? I certainly did not have that on our bingo card. And I know I certainly did not have the Hawks beating the Bucks without Trey Young. Trae Young was a game-time decision and then was listed out with right shin against the Milwaukee Bucks. And so that's a tall order when you go against a team that you previously lost to within the last two weeks on the road in a tight contest. And now your best player who had over 40 points in the first game is out. The questions are, can they overcome this? And who will step up in Trae Young's absence? And you knew Dejounte Murray had to step up, but who outside of Murray was going to step up for the Atlanta Hawks? And to be frank, it was a team effort. It really was. Now it's going to be highlighted by certain players like your rookie AJ Griffin, who got thirty-one minutes, and in thirty-one minutes, he has a career high already in his rookie year of twenty-five points. In 31 minutes, you had a great game off the bench from Jalen Johnson defensively. Ayaka Okonga with some great defensive plays and some highlight reel dunks on Giannis Antetokounmpo. And after the Hawks were punched in the mouth in the first quarter, letting up, I think, seven or eight three-pointers in the first quarter alone and being down by, I think it was double digits. I want to say that the Hawks were down by 11 going into yeah yeah they were down by 11 in the first quarter and then the hawks certainly turned it around the rest of the game outscoring the bucks in the rest of the quarters there and the big keys were bench points which on a previous episode when I talked with our friend Glenn Willis and if you did not listen to that episode please go back we talked about some overarching things about the hawks early on to start the season I know Glenn talked about how offensively, I don't think the bench is sustainable. You know, from here on out, they need Bogey and they need to do some things offensively or maybe make a trade to really propel that unit up offensively. They didn't need help on Monday night. They had 59 bench points compared to 33 bench points for the Milwaukee Bucks. They forced 18 turnovers. For the Milwaukee Bucks and they committed 12 themselves, uh, outscored the Bucks in points in the paint, outscored the Bucks in fast break points. So without Trey Young, and I'm not saying that they played better without Trey Young. I mean, I'd be foolish to say. They stepped up and played great team basketball. That's pretty much the story. Is great team basketball, and then your young players and your bench players off the bench really coming in and providing a spark and providing a lift for this team. DeJounte Murray in 32 minutes, 25 points, 8 rebounds, 11 assists, 3 steals, which which you expected from him. Um, he was 3 for 9 from 3 and shot 40, just under 46% from the field. Clint Capella, who had obviously a tall task going against Giannis, had five points, also tallied up 12 rebounds, one block and one steal. John Collins had 14 points in 23 minutes, also added two rebounds in a block. And I want to talk about John Collins real quick. Last episode with Glenn Willis, I said that he was probably the unsung hero on his team. With his buy-in defensively, how he's crashing the boards, getting blocks, Really playing really off really good off-ball defense. And I listened to Zach Lowe's podcast, and he talked about the Hawks and are they a good team and diving into the numbers. And it's clear that, I mean, I respect Zach Lowe. He's great at what he does. I think he watches a couple Hawks games and just mostly looks at the stats and think he can't make of this team. And we watch the game, and we see what this team is made of. And we see what John Collins is made of. Even though he is not scoring a lot of points he or having a high usage rate this year, I think he's been one of the glue guys on defense that's really taken a step up and done whatever it takes to help this team win. And I don't think he gets enough credit. And now he got his 10 field goal attempts on Monday night against the Bucks. Like I said, ended up with 14 points and then hit one three-pointer. So, the efficient John Collins scoring was there, but I think we need to give him more credit than, especially what the national media is giving him. They just look at the numbers and think he's non-existent, and certainly his impact in basically his role as the glue guy and the leader of this team and doing whatever it takes is getting overlooked and overshadowed. So I definitely wanted to make sure that I gave John Collins his just desserts, um, but solid game on Monday night. DeAndre Hunter, not the high offensive output game that we have been seeing from him. Obviously, probably averaging about 13, 14 a game. Uh, he was just below that 10 points on three of nine shooting on Monday night. Was four or five from the free throw line. Six rebounds, which glad to see him battling on the boards there. And they added one assist there. Did have four turnovers, though. Aaron Holiday did get the start. He had four points starting in place of Trey Young, added five assists, one steal. And when you look at the numbers, you may think he didn't really do much. But defensively, he did very well for the Hawks. He really battled on a defensive end. As I mentioned, A.J. Griffin was probably player of the game. Off the bench, 24 points, 10 of 15 shooting from the floor, 2 of 6 from the three-point line hit both of his free throw attempts, and we knew coming out of Duke the type of offensive player that he is and can be in this league, but he really battled on the defensive end as well, which is certainly a refreshing thing to see because it's going to call for him to get on the floor more, and I even tweeted out, we have to get this man more minutes. I think he will get more minutes. He added four rebounds, three steals on a defensive end. Uh, he was really active on both both sides of the court. And when he came in in the second quarter, he was kind of the energy boost off the bench that really helped get this Hawks team back into the game after you know really taking that punch in the first quarter from the Milwaukee Bucks. So I really love what I saw from A.J. Griffin. I think he's going to get more minutes. I think he should. And the person who I said that he would take minutes from, Justin Holiday. I mean, he had a good game on Monday as well. He had 14 points, didn't really do anything else statistically, but 14 points, 5 or 10 shooting from the floor, hit four three-pointers, so arguably his best game as a Hawk as well. Uh, so it's just really good to see the Wings come off the bench, and the bench unit as a whole make the impact that they did. As I said, Ayeko Congo had a good game off the bench in 22 minutes. Had 12 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 1 steal, and 2 posters on Giannis Antetokounmpo. So another great game from Congo off the bench. And I know there's some people clamoring for him to get more minutes than Capella. I don't think... I, right now, I mean, they both got 22 minutes in this game. I think that's perfect. Honestly, I think it is perfect. Um... So he's getting his minutes, he's getting his clock, and he's making an impact. I don't think it's time to move on from Capella yet. And there's certainly some people on, online who are going to be talking about that. I think we need to keep Capella until we can obviously replace him with a solid backup center with some size and some rim protection that can spell a Yucca a And until then, Clint Capella is a starting center in the NBA. And certainly deserves to get his minutes because when he's on the court, he rebounds at a high level just like Onyeka. He's going to block shots. He's going to provide some rim protection, rim running ability, and his defensive presence. uh, I mean, even though they're both really good defenders. And I think Okongwu might be a better defender um, now only because of youth, but might be a better defender than Capella. Uh, You still can't just move aside Clint Capella in my opinion. Uh, Jalen Johnson also had a really good game. Uh, might not be a crazy offensive output, five points, but he was really good on the defensive end, especially rebounding the ball and just being really active there. He had eight rebounds, seven defensive rebounds, added two assists, which we know he can pass the ball very well. Very underrated quality from Jalen Johnson. Added two steals and a block. Like I said, this was a game for the young guys. The young guys in the bench really stood out. Really stood out. And when your star player is out, you're going to need other people to step up in their place. And you knew you already knew Dejounte Murray is going to have a lot on his plate, and he led a team last year in the Spurs. So he knows how to be the number one guy on a team. And it showed again on Monday night. But then you're going to need other people to step up. And when you have Collins giving you 14, you have your rookie giving you 24 points. Uh, I said 25 at the top of the program, but 24 points from A.J. Griffin. And then you get on Yucca and Congo giving you 12. Justin Holiday giving you 14. That's off the bench. These are players off of the bench. In games where, you know, DeAndre Hunter doesn't score his. I mean, this was a game where I thought DeAndre Hunter would score probably eighteen, nineteen points because he's known to have some decent games against the Milwaukee Bucks, and he didn't. He fell short. Maybe this was a game where Clint Capella goes, you know, crazy like he did the night prior against the New Orleans Pelicans, and he didn't. I mean, he did really good on a, uh, on a glass, but no real outburst of points there. And then Aaron Holiday in the Starting lineup role was more of a facilitator, defender, you know, really just role guy on that bench. I'm not sorry, in that starting role, basically playing the same role as he did coming off the bench. Um, and only gives you four points, but then you have your bench step up. That was and like I said, I was I've always been kind of high on the bench because of what they can do defensively. And they show a lot of promise, even with Bogey out. We still haven't seen Bogey yet with this bench unit, which is only going to improve their numbers offensively. And Zach Lowe talked about how the Hawks are, I want to say, they're definitely top 15 offensively in the NBA right now. And he attributed to, and I do as well, as more just trying to figure fill things out with the addition of DeJounte Murray and Trey Young and how they're going to play together. Some people get into some different roles. DeAndre Hunter's in an elevated role. John Collins is in a different role, more of a glue guy, kind of do whatever it takes role. And then you have obviously these players off the bench who some are rookie, some are second year players, some are new to the team. And some are like Okongu, we're looking for a breakout year from so it's going to be a work in progress, but that was a confidence-building game, especially against the number one team in the East who came into the game undefeated, and you and they still had Giannis. They still had Drew Holiday. Obviously, Chris Middleton is still out for that team, and we're going to see them one more time, and I think Middleton will still be out, um, even though I heard some rumblings that he is back on court doing some things, but I can't confirm or deny that report right now. But, I mean, you still had Giannis giving you 25 points, seven rebounds, two assists, two steals, and a block on Monday night. He did have some knee soreness, so he certainly wasn't the same. Uh, Grayson Allen gives you 11 points. Brooke Lopez, who killed you in game one, only had 11 points, so that is a win in my book. Bobby Portis did take a step up with um, 11 points, 10 rebounds there. Drew Holiday, who killed you in game one, had, I want to say it was like at least 29 points in game one against the Hawks this year. Uh, had 16 points, seven assists, a steal, a block, six rebounds, but had eight turnovers. Um, so certainly, you know, you forced a lot of turnovers in that game. Monday night, you have more fast break points. You dominate points in the paint. You played team defense and really connected team defense like they did the night the game prior against the New Orleans Pelicans, and you hold a Milwaukee Bucks team to 98 points at home, 98 points. So as much as you want to talk about the offensive output from A.J. Griffin and what DeJounte Murray did and the bench points, defense is what really gave this Hawks team a chance to win this game and pull off the upset, and that they did. That was incredible. That's, you know, on everybody on this team – that's on the coaching staff. So you have to give a round of applause to everybody involved. When your star player is down, you're going to need to do some things better. You're going to have to take a step up. Next man up. And they did that. Final score of that game on Monday was 117 to 98. Like I said, we out rebounded the Bucks by seven, which was a shock. So you competed on a glass. You had 23 team assist, 11 steals. You forced 18 turnovers. You shot 46.5% from the field, just under 39% from three. I mean, second chance points, you dominated them 19 to seven. As I said, fast break, you dominated them 13 to three. So it was just a dominating performance, honestly, from the Hawks that <laughs> should not go unnoticed. I mean, like I said, you knock off the number one team in the Eastern Conference, who was riding high, undefeated. With your star player out, you you rise to the occasion, and now you improve to seven and three. That was a big game, big game. I said it was a must-win in the podcast before because you only play the Bucks three times, and this is your only time playing them at home, so you had to get this win against them. And now you have a rubber match in Milwaukee in, I want to say, about a a week and a half, maybe, a week and a half so we're going to certainly see them again Trey young will be back i'm sure the milwaukee bucks will want some revenge and it will be a very very tightly contested fun rubber matchup on the road in milwaukee but now you're the hawks sitting at seven and three fourth in the eastern conference you are two games behind the bucks now who are in first place you start off the year four and one at home three and two on the road and you get the number one team in the Western Conference, the Utah Jazz, who are four and three on the road. They're not the greatest road team, but they certainly have a winning record. Uh, They're on a three-game winning streak right now, so they're going to come in with some confidence. So this is a completely different game than what we thought going into the season and certainly um, even just a couple of weeks ago. Even when I saw the Utah Jazz coming out a little hot, I was like, okay, it's going to taper off. And the fact that you're number one in the West above pretty much everybody, and I can list teams, even the surprise Trailblazers, you're better than the Suns, Nuggets, Mavericks, Grizzlies, the Pelicans, the Warriors who are defending NBA champions, the T-Wolves, you're sitting above them all. And when you should be tanking for Wimby. And they certainly felt some type of way. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about the Jazz in this matchup tonight. But first, this quick plug. Okay, listeners, it's time to talk a little fantasy hoops. Now, I don't know about you. I'm in several fantasy leagues. And every fantasy league that you are in, you have a rival. Pokemon Ash Ketchum had Gary. And I know you have your Gary out there. So it's time to beat Gary and get the insight that you need to take your stuff to the next level and win a fantasy basketball championship. Do you remember who led you to Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Terry Rozier, and Mikal Bridges before any other ranked list? I know which one. It's the Brewskis 150. And you probably turned those huge wins into some cash or a fantasy basketball championship. This year, the Brewski 150 is on sale for a limited time. In Ethos, 360 subscribers can get access in less than a week. Head to sportsethos.com and click on the premium tab to grab membership information or the draft guide today. And yes, to answer your most important question, the Brewski 150 is included in both options. Check back daily for more new features and go dominate your leagues, beat Gary with the help of Sports Ethos. All right, and we are back. If I told you that Will Hardy has his Utah Jazz team nine and three, And a Jazz team that is second in points per game offensively. They are 14th in opponents points per game. They have the 7th toughest strength of schedule. Their offensive rating is 116.2, which is 3rd in the NBA. And defensively, their 110.2% defensive rating is 8th in the NBA. And they have the 4th highest net ranking. That is absurd. That is crazy to think of. When you look at a roster that, you know, where you have Lloyd Marketing playing at a borderline all-star level. You have Colin Sexton, the forgotten one from Cleveland. You have a six man in the year candidate in Jordan Clarkson, Kelly Olenek, who just bounces around, Malik Beasley, a shooter, uh Horton Tucker from the Lakers, who they really liked, but they just had to move on. You have an aging Mike Conley a relentless rebounder from the T-Wolves that obviously got traded in the Rudy Gobert trade and Jared Vanderbilt, old Rudy Gay. I mean, when you just look at the roster, you just don't think of this team being number one in the West, and they are, and they're doing things really good on the defensive end and offensively. I mean, there's sh- they are one of the better three-point shooting teams in the league right now. They are really good just sh- – From the field right now, they're a top 10 field goal percentage team in the NBA. They rebound very well on the offensive glass, which is going to be a key. We're going to have to put bodies on bodies and box out and get rebounds tonight. They move the ball around well. I mean, great team basketball. They average just under 28 assists per game, which is sixth in the NBA. Average just under nine steals a game. I mean, this is this is a team. I mean, this is a really good team right here. Um, I mean, they're playing really good basketball. I'm not going to say they're a really good team. They're just playing really good basketball at this point. And they don't allow a lot of three-pointers made. They're number two in three-pointers allowed um, defensively in the NBA. And they're number one in three-point shooting percentage as far as holding teams to under 33% shooting from three. So they're tough guarding the three ball. Now, they are susceptible to giving up points in the paint, which is something that the Hawks have been doing better. And we're not a great three-point shooting team anyway. Um, We're efficient when we do shoot them, but we're not a great three-point shooting team and we don't shoot at a high volume. So we're really going to need to really attack in the paint and win points in the paint in a rebounding margin, in my opinion. And this is a team that, you know, like I said, they compete on a glass there. When you have Vanderbilt Kessler and others, you know they got some size and some rebounders there. Um, they're really good at limiting assists for the other team. They only give up about 20 assists per game, which is number one in the NBA. And they cause a lot of turnovers. And they're top 10 in the number of turnovers they cause, you know, per game. Basically, this is a sign of a team that competes and plays team basketball. When you look at the numbers, that's pretty much the tell of the tape. So we're going to have to be ready to come out and compete tonight. And I know we have the 76ers rolling in tomorrow night. This is the first game of the back to back. Uh, You want to certainly blow out this jazz team so you can rest your starters and focus on tomorrow night. This is not a game that we can afford to look ahead to tomorrow night. We have to focus on what's in front of us. That is that's the story. That's. The, the pregame message that I'm giving my I'm naming Millen today just after shoot around. And before you go out and warm up for the game, we can't take anything for granted. This team is playing really well. Like I said, Lloyd Marketing is leading the team in points just under 22 points per game. Just under nine rebounds a game. He is shooting... An absurd 59% from the floor right now and 86% from the free throw line. He's their best scorer. He's their best player or playing the best on this team right now. I mean, you have Jordan Clarkson giving you 18 points per game. And last year we saw Jordan Clarkson give the Hawks buckets. So certainly that's a challenge for Aaron Holiday, DeJounte Murray. uh, Any wing or guard that's going to be guarding Clarkson, they, they have to be ready. I mean, you're getting fourteen point six points per game from Colin Sexton. And you know that he plays hard as well. Uh, Vanderbilt's giving you nine points, eight rebounds a game. Malik Beasley's giving you eleven points. Conley's giving you just under thirteen points per game and just just under eight assists a game. Kelly Olynyk is giving you twelve points per game. Like I said, it's balanced scoring. It is a team that. Shares the ball well, they rebound, um, and they play pretty sound defense. So we we have to be ready tonight. We have to be ready. We can't take this team for granted. I mean, like I said, when you look at the defensive rating numbers, everyone's playing pretty solid defense on this Utah Jazz team. So if you're the Hawks and you're coming off a confidence-building win against the Bucks, and – Right now, I heard that Trey Young did participate in shoot-around today, so that's good. That's a good sign. I would expect him to be probably a game-time decision to see how he feels with that right shin. If he plays, certainly I, we know that he's going to do his thing scoring the ball, but we need to certainly bring – we need to match and excel at the energy and hustle plays tonight. We have to be connected on the defensive end. We have to attack the paint, force ourselves to the free throw line, but finish in the paint because we know that that is the weakness of this Utah Jazz team. Uh, even though they have some size, there's some younger players and you can take advantage of them. So I expect Capella and John Collins to have some big games tonight. I expect the Congo to battle tonight and I'm interested to see what Jalen Johnson does in his minutes. I'm really interested to see the minutes that AJ Griffin gets tonight. And I'm going to, you know, expect DeJounte Murray to be a defensive force and really step up to the challenge of going against Colin Sexton and Jordan Clarkson. And I expect Trey Young, who missed the last game, he was really excited to see his teammates play well. The young guys play well, but don't get me wrong. I know he wants to be out on that court. And if he's out on that court, he's going to go out and he's going to be a killer to an attack. So do you want to move on to eight and three? I think you do. I think you want to move on to eight and three before you welcome the Philadelphia 76ers, who are not playing well right now. They're five and six right now. They are th- better on the road than they are at home. And you have a a, way, a home and away type series against the 76ers coming up this week. As I say, you'll play them tomorrow night in the second out of a back to back here in Atlanta and then take them on up in Philadelphia on Saturday. But like I said, we're going to have to focus on one thing at a time. You can't look ahead. We know that is a semi-rivalry with the 76ers, and you're playing better ball than them. It's certainly going to be a tough matchup, but I expect the Hawks to win both of these games. I do. I do. And especially if you play with the same defensive intensity, the same energy and effort, and the same team Hawks basketball that you played with on Monday night, you have to look at it as you're playing the number one team in the Western Conference. That's how you have to look at it tonight. And I expect them to go out there and execute. Forget what Zach Lowe and others are saying about you, trying to figure you out. No no one in the national media really needs to figure you out. You just have to go out and show them what you're about. And I think the Hawks are starting to do that. They're, try, they're, they're trying to show teams that, hey, we're a little bit better on a defensive end. We're communicating better. We're playing with a lot more confidence, and uh, we will challenge you in that regard. They are showing people it's going to be tough to play us in the State Farm Arena. We are going to protect home court at all costs. 4-1 and to start at home. Let's win the next two. Six and 6-1 at home to start the year. Sounds pretty damn good in my book, and you should be undefeated because you shouldn't have lost that game to the Hornets, who are now 13th in the Eastern Conference. And I'm just going to be real. They've lost five straight, and they're looking to cut bait with some players, and I really hate that they lost that game, because the Hawks arguably could be 8-2, and two and up there with the Cleveland Cavaliers at second or third in the Eastern Conference right now. But it is what it is. It's water under the bridge, and now you have to focus on a really a confident opponent, tonight in the Utah Jazz and I really cannot wait to see them take the court tonight in the State Farm Arena tip off tonight will be at 7:30 p.m. Eastern time so get ready for that it's going to be a it's going to be a, a tightly contested matchup tonight I'm just going to say that tightly contested matchup for people who are not privy to the Utah Jazz here in the Atlanta market or who listen to the show you're going to be pleasantly surprised by how hard they play. And they have a chip on their shoulder as far as people thinking they were going to tank. But Hawks are playing with a chip on their shoulder too. So push is going to have to come to shove. And I think with the Hawks being at home and the confidence from the game before, I think they'll end the winning streak for the Utah Jazz and move on to 8-3 and three before they take on the 76ers tomorrow night, which will be a fun one there. So we'll see what the Hawks do tonight and how hard they compete. Like I said, this is their toughest stretch of the season, in my opinion. Like I said, after tomorrow night against the Sixers, they're going to take on the Sixers on the road. Then they'll see the Bucks again on the 14th of November, the Celtics, the Raptors, and the Cavs after that. So really need to win these next two games at home before they hit the road for two straight games against some really good opponents, and then come back home against some good opponents as well. So we will see what the Hawks do and if they can, can carry this momentum into tonight. I mean, don't look up now, but if you look at what the Hawks have been doing lately, the Hawks are quietly on a winning streak right now, quietly on a winning streak. You want to in the Jazz's winning streak. You want to push your winning streak from three straight games to four straight games after tonight. So, Let's see who is going to extend their winning streak to four games. Will it be the Jazz? Will it be the Hawks? We will see tonight. And if you love what you heard from me today, give us five stars. Give us a good review. Share it and tell everybody about the hottest new podcast covering the Atlanta Hawks. I thank you guys again for your support and your listening ship. If you're new to the program, after listening to the episode with Glenn Willis, Welcome aboard. We're gonna to continue to crank out content throughout the remainder of the regular season and beyond. So I tell the people who listen to this program, you know the drill. Share with fellow Hawks fans, NBA fans, Georgia sports fans, basketball fans. It does not matter. If you want to hear about the Hawks, and you know someone who wants to hear about them too, curious about them, put them onto this program and then follow us on Twitter at Ethos Hawks on Twitter. That's at Ethos Hawks, and then follow myself on Twitter. At Brad Jarrett67. That is Brad J-A-R-R-E-T-T-67. We'll catch you guys next time. Let's go, Hawks. Let's beat the Jazz. The former New Orleans Jazz. They left us. I have no love lost. So let's go out there and let's get this bad tonight.